Hi, you're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of Scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. All right. Not quite sure if it's good morning for you or good afternoon or good evening when you're listening uh, to this next podcast, Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. Just want to welcome you uh, to this program. And before we get into today's topic, which is the sequel to the Shield of Faith episode uh, in context with the battle, uh, specifically spiritual warfare. I did want to make a brief comment on another difficult situation with America, our government. The perverted Marxists, they struck again. And they are storing up more wrath upon our beleaguered nation. The Senate just passed the so-called Respect for Marriage Act, which truly should be called the Disrespectful and Depravity Marriage Act. And sadly, there were 12 Republicans who went along with this debauchery. Now, it's already passed in the House, and I'm sure Biden will frame this mischief by law very soon. Here's the deal, brothers and sisters. If our nation truly respected marriage, it would never, ever have allowed sodomites to marry. It's an abomination. But we are dealing with very cunning and shrewd enemies of the Lord, and they are just like their father, the devil. What they do is they take the meaning of words like marriage, or let's say reproductive health care, and they distort them and they pervert them to implement their wicked, evil agenda. This is nothing more than Orwellian doublespeak, and they are masters at it. Well, I got a news flash for the enemies of the Lord. They cannot make straight what God has called crooked. They can never legitimately make moral wrongs magically become civil rights. But here, once again, under the color of law, the leftists promote lawlessness. And the problem is, this furthers the curse upon our nation. It is my sincere prayer that God will hold them accountable for attacking His ordained institution, which was, is, and will always be a marriage covenant between one man and one woman till death do us part. So please understand this, brothers and sisters. This so-called Marriage Act, Respect for Marriage Act, it not only codifies more evil into law, it will further penalize the Christian faith if, and here's a big if, if we publicly stand for righteousness in the public square. Now, 
I don't know what course you are going to take. I don't know how you are going to respond to this. But as for me and my house, we will continue to serve the Lord. And uh, bottom line, let God be true, brethren, and every man a liar. So that's my little commentary on the respect for marriage debacle that will probably soon be uh, codified uh, into law. And God help this wicked nation. And may the church repent and give God a reason to show mercy. Anyway, this leads quite well uh, to the sequel to the Shield of Faith podcast that we recently published. But this time, I want to start with the importance of the shield of faith from the perspective of dealing with abortion, specifically the abolishment of abortion. Here's the deal, brothers and sisters. If anyone, I don't care who you are, if you sign up to be a frontline warrior that tampers with Satan's crown jewel, which has always been child sacrifice, the shedding of innocent blood, be it known unto you, the battle will rage. There will be consequences. There will be blowback. There will be persecution. Any opening in your life, in your soul, in your marriage, uh, in your family, in your business, in your church, believe me when I tell you, the enemy is going to exploit it. And so we must understand, once anyone crosses the line of obedience when it comes to the abolition of abortion, believe me when I tell you, spiritual warfare is going to take on a whole new meaning in your life. The positive aspect, though, is if you cross that line of obedience and pull Put on the full armor of God and unsheathe that sword of the spirit. Let me tell you, uh, your faith will also be revolutionized. The word of God will absolutely come alive. And so obviously uh, there's things that we have to uh, defend when we fight this battle. And there's things we need to do uh, to go on the offense knowing that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters, if you're going to take on this battle to abolish abortion, um, you know, the great need is that we, we not only volunteer and take up this just cause, but we have to recruit more good soldiers of Jesus Christ into this battle. And not only call them into this battle, but even for the purpose of the podcast is to equip them to overcome in the battle as well. Well, here's what we must understand. When you study the scriptures, when you study redemptive history, whenever Satan, the adversary, raises his ugly head, he goes after the seed of man. And there is only two times in redemptive history that the enemy has gone after the seed of man with such ferocity that we see in these days. Once when Moses was born and once when Christ was born. 
both Moses and Jesus would be the deliverers that God would raise up that would eventually bring down and destroy the rebellious nations that sought their demise. In these days, concerning this biblical pattern, brothers and sisters, we need discernment. We know the kingdom importance concerning Moses and Jesus as it pertains to wrecking havoc in Satan's kingdom. So, what is on the horizon concerning God's kingdom when we realize how brutal and savage the enemy has been against this generation? You see, brothers and sisters, there has to be something about this generation that deeply concerns the enemy. Because he has not gone after the seed of man with such a vengeance since the time of Moses and our Lord. We need to comprehend that pattern in Scripture, especially as it relates to this generation. Now, if God's pattern remains, here's what we could possibly expect. The very ones who survive this Holocaust will be the very ones that God will raise up to crush abortion under the church's feet in Jesus' name. Here's Romans 16, 19, 20, and it affirms this truth. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Now catch this. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. You see, church, it's one thing for us to believe that Satan crushed the enemy's head at the cross and at the resurrection. But you must understand it doesn't stop there. That victory extends to the point where God places Satan under the church's feet and we crush him in Jesus' mighty name. So these are very, very important truths when we're thinking or discussing or praying and and believing and acting to abolish abortion. Because there is a God of heaven, because Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, we are assured that abortion, this Holocaust, will go the way of every bloody tyranny of man. And so it's critically important that we understand the importance of the armor of God in this battle, and specifically the importance of the shield of faith. And get this, I'm coming from a perspective that is not just defensive in nature, because when you think of a shield, you think about, you know, defense. You know, there's memes on Facebook, you know, where, you know, the dad and mom has a shield and there's like fire falling from heaven and there's a little baby between them and the shield and the fire. And that's a beautiful picture, but it's defensive in nature. But we must also understand faith and the shield of faith has 
an offensive aspect to it. I want you to listen to this passage of scripture. It's in 1 John 5, 4. And this is what the word of God states. Listen carefully. For whatever is born of God, listen, overcomes the world. Yeah, the world we live in. The world with all its headlines. The world with all the gazillionaires with messianic impulses that are trying to take over the world, plotting and scheming like the Tower of Babel before them. Yeah, that world. Listen, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. You ready for it? Our faith. Our faith. So critically important. Hebrews 11 speaks of the great exploits of the saints of old. And 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 when you think about it, again, this is not just defensive in nature. They are taking kingdom territory. It says who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness, were made strong, became valiant in battle. Oh my goodness, do we need, do we not need good soldiers of Jesus Christ in this day to become valiant in battle, turn to flight the armies of the aliens? Women received their dead, raised to life again. You know, I was just discussing this with... Uh, some of the brothers from OSA and one of the assistant directors is Lucas Childress. And uh, he just made mention to me of the times that he was with me at death camps throughout America. And he was always a little shocked and surprised that I would just declare to the death camp, you're done. Your history, your reign of terror is over. And he was like, well, you know, how could you honestly say that? How, how could you declare such things? And, and I, I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, and, and, and please keep in mind, he was also there when these death camps were shut down. And so he, he was like connecting the dots. And he's like, yeah, you, you say these things, Rusty, and it does happen. But he's like. How, how do you do that? Like, why do you do that? And, and understand this, brothers and sisters, when, when I'm declaring these things, it's not like I'm crossing my fingers and I'm a hoping. It's not like I'm being bombastic or bodacious or I'm trying to be the man of faith and power for the hour. It's none of that. I was acting on my faith. I was acting on the character and the commandment of God. I was acting on the truth of scriptures. Brothers and sisters, what do we believe? What do we believe about God? What do we believe about his word? What do we believe when it comes to the truth of his word? Can we stand upon the integrity of the Lord? Can we stand upon the integrity of scripture? Can we declare God's word and trust as he has said that he will watch over his word 
to perform it. These are just some of the things like when, when I'm when I'm acting in faith, when I'm declaring things in faith, these are kind of the scriptures that that ground me, that that inspire me to declare, thus saith the Lord. This is Jesus in Matthew 28, verses 18, 20. You know, the Great Commission. Listen very carefully. All, all, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Brothers and sisters, do we believe that? Yeah, looking at the world, seeing how crazy and corrupt and perverted it is, do you still believe in the midst of that insanity that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus Christ, our King? So critically important that we do. Do we believe what the scriptures teach when it says, greater is he that is in us than he that is on the other side of the battle. Do you actually believe the greater one, the holy one, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the one who roars against injustice? Do you believe he is the one who lives in you? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you believe that is true? Do you believe the Lord's promise that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God? Brothers and sisters, Jesus said he will build his church. Pastor, elder, it's not your responsibility to build the church of Jesus Christ. Christ has already claimed that responsibility. That is his job to build his church. But what we must do as pastors and elders, we have to deliver the mail. We have to stay true to God's word and thus saith the Lord. And we serve again a God who watches over his word to perform it. So let me ask you something, brothers and sisters. Do you believe this will come to pass? Do you believe that when Christ said he's going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail? Do you believe that will come to pass in time and history? If you don't, why not? Do you believe when he said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me? Go, therefore, disciple the nations, baptize them, make sure they keep his commandments. Do you believe that's going to happen in time and history? If not, why not? Jesus Christ said of the devil himself, he was cast out, cast out. The apostle Paul, speaking of the Lord's triumph, stated this. Listen, this is in Colossians. Having disarmed principalities and powers. Remember the first podcast on the shield of faith? We talked about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Do you remember that? This is what Paul says about the Lord's triumph. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Brothers and sisters, do we believe the testimony of Scripture? 
By the way, the scriptures that can never, ever be broken, the scriptures that are settled in heaven and manifest its authority here on this earth. Do we believe what Revelation 17, 14 says? Listen, many, oh, many, yeah, the battle's real, and there are many enemies. Many shall war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him. Are you with him, brothers and sisters? Do you know him? Does he live inside you? Do you follow him? Are you with him? Then you are called chosen and faithful. Brother and sisters, this, these scriptures are the report of the Lord. And so my question to you is, do we act? Do we believe like these things are true? I know so many whose faith has been pummeled and hurt and wounded and, and I get it. You know, the righteous fall seven times, but yet they arise. Brothers and sisters, listen. It's one thing to get knocked down. But brothers and sisters, don't stay there. Get up. Get up. Shake yourself. If your your hands are hanging down and your knees are weak, man, call upon the Lord to straighten up your spine. Listen. God doesn't want you to live this life in defeat. There is victory in Jesus Christ. He, he, he says that we are overcomers. He says that we are more than conquerors. He says we always triumph in the Lord. Do we believe this? Do we believe that the idols and demons and the false gods that the enemies of the Lord serve do we believe their master, the devil, has been defeated, cast out, and Christ has disarmed and triumphed over the principalities and powers of this evil one? Do we believe that? Do we act like that's true? Do we stand upon it? Do we live that way? Do we believe it? Do we speak it? Do we act upon these truths so critically important, brothers and sisters? Do you remember, remember when Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal, the showdown at Mark Mount Carmel? Brothers and sisters, that battle rages to this day. And there are many idols, many demonic entities. There are many false religions. There are many cults. But there is one true and living God. And he is the one who answers by fire. You remember the story, brothers and sisters, this huge setup. And I, I so love this narrative because here's Elijah. God has commanded him to call all Israel together at Mount Carmel. You know the setup, the, the prophets of Baal, they're going to set up their altar. They're going to cry out to Baal and the God who answers by fire. He's God. And here's Elijah saying, why are you halting between two opinions? If the Lord is God, serve him. And if Baal is God, serve him. And the big test is on. And we know that the prophets of Baal, they they did all their, you know, demonic stuff, trying to invoke Baal to show up and show off. But there's no answer. And here, here is Elijah. He is mocking them. He is mocking their demons, knowing, knowing that they cannot answer, knowing 
that there's one true and living God. And so he's saying, oh, you know, maybe he's busy. Maybe he's on the toilet. Uh, you know, maybe he's falling asleep, wake him up. And then, of course, what do they do? They start cutting themselves. And if you notice, that's what pagans do. They cut themselves. We see this practice in this generation incredibly. I'm telling you, we're, we're marking ourselves. We're cutting ourselves. And this is a huge sign that our nation is resorting back to the brutal darkness of paganism. And so here are the pagans cutting themselves, jumping around in a frenzy, yet no answer from Baal. And then I love this. This is the heart of a true prophet. Elijah says to Israel, and boy, we need this today. He says, come near to me. Now understand, this is the same people who have been involved in this bloody idolatry. These are the same people who have sinned against God, who have committed abominations in his sight, who were led astray by these false idols and demons. And here's Elijah with his arms open and says, come near to me. And then he just declares it, brothers and sisters. And you know the story how he set up the altar and and water was precious in that day. Remember, it was a drought for three and a half years. And he's saying, get water and just douse it. Douse it again. Douse it again. Douse it again. And then, of course, the Lord God Almighty, the one true God, answers by fire. Brothers and sisters, that's the God we love. That's the God we serve. That's the God we are to obey. That same God what are demons and Satan to him? Understand that, brothers and sisters, so critically important. So I want to conclude this message now with the defensive aspects of the shield of faith. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 that that shield of faith is to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. Because again, brothers and sisters, when we cross that line of obedience, believe me, our faith is going to be tested. It will go through the fire. And the scripture talks about the evil one, how he attempts to wear out the saints because he's threatened by us. And so, you know, his, his desire is to, well, A, not show up for battle. And if we do join the battle, he wants to make us ineffectual in it. Why? Because if he don't, then we're going to continue to dispossess him in the earth and set the captives free. So, brothers and sisters, I don't know if you remember this movie. It, you know, it is a rated R movie. I don't like to promote rated R movies, but um, Braveheart uh, with Mel Gibson. There is a, a powerful, powerful scene where you had the English army... They were veterans, they were seasoned soldiers in war. And then you had the Scottish, and these were just farmers. These were not seasoned soldiers. And they're getting ready. They're in alignment for a battle, and uh, the Scots start to lose their nerve. They start to kind of turn around and start heading back home. Uh, they didn't feel equipped enough to 
take on the English army and prevail. And here, here comes William Wallace and he's on his horse and he's, he's trying to rally the Scots. And it's a very powerful speech, a very inspiring speech. But at the end of the speech, he was saying to them, you know, you, you can take anything, everything from us, but you will never take our freedom. You'll never take our freedom. And there are forces obviously at work. We're seeing it even politically in our day. That's exactly what they're doing. They're taking away our freedom, our, our, our right to free speech, freedom of religion, on and on and on. There's violations again our, against our freedoms. But brothers and sisters, as Christian, this goes a little deeper. See, we got to say the sin, devil, and this illegitimate world system that's in rebellion to God's loving and just rule, you will never, ever get our faith. Understand that, brothers and sisters. Our faith is non-negotiable. It is not for sale. You can take everything from me, but you will never, ever get my faith faith and we need the holy spirit determination to make that stand i mean the lord's sword in the ground and his banner over our heads there's a, a brother in history his name was george Mueller. i want you to hear this quote he said the only way to learn strong faith is to endure great trials i have learned my faith by standing firm amid severe testings. Some of you know those testings. I know my family and I certainly do. But this is what I've come to understand, brothers and sisters. Our Christian education will not be complete until we, like Job, declare, though you slay me, God, yet I will trust you. Understand that, brothers and sisters. We have to come to that place. And when we come to that place, believe me, there is victory in the Lord. So brethren, I want you to hear me on this. If you can't run, walk. And if you can't walk, crawl. And if you can't crawl, die. But die fighting the good fight of faith. This is the legacy Paul left us as an example to follow. Here's what he states in 2 Timothy. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. Listen, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Brothers and sisters, continue to wield the shield of faith in this poor fallen world and trust what James has proclaimed, knowing that the testing of your faith, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, brothers and sisters, you may be in that place where your faith is on trial. It's going through the fire. It's being tested. But just understand, this too shall 
pass. But where is it leading us? Why are we going through these things? Listen, that you may be perfect, mature, complete, and lacking nothing. Know what the enemy means for harm. God redeems and turns it to our good. So, brothers and sisters, I pray this second message on the shield of faith is an encouragement to you. And I do want to exhort you, brothers and sisters, pray for one another and encourage each other in the faith. I truly desire that these kingdom moments with Rusty Thomas will be a blessing to you that would help to disciple, to mentor, to encourage, to strengthen, to correct, to inspire, and uh, that you guys will keep pressing on to that high call and prize in Jesus' name. Anyway, that's it for this episode. And the Lord bless you. Till next time.